This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See now you reacted to a laptop moving More <laughs> than you reacted to a spaceman Coming in saying he's about to launch himself into the sky People Humans, are impressed man. by spreadsheets Yeah Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. This episode was our first ever live recording. Amazing, yes. Recorded live at Latitude Festival, uh, which was fantastic. Um, yeah, but we have we had a few technical problems, as we'll explain shortly. Well, we'll get a man to explain shortly. Um, we kind of missed the first 10 minutes of the chat where we introduce our guest, Ashling. The lovely Ashling B. Yeah, thank you so much, Ashling, for your time and coming on our show. Um, do follow her. She is at We Miss B. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and also, we missed the part where we introduce Sam Gilby and his amazing prizes which he donated uh, for us he makes these amazing posters and badges and he kindly donated some uh, badges and posters to the to the guys who are listening um, to our, to the show who are live at Latitude so thank you Sam please follow him at Sam Gilby on Instagram and you, you can find links to all his stuff there as well so even though you've missed the introductions, um, you can still listen to the episode. And we're going to come into the part where we start talking about our favourite parts of the film. But there's also going to be contributions from the audience as well. So we hope that you enjoy. Yeah, thank you very much. Hi, Andy from Latitude here. You're about to listen to a recording that we made at uh, Latitude Festival at the new podcasting space, The Listening Post. And... I'm just here to explain what happened to this one. So most of them went off without a hitch, um, which was, you know, great for me. Apart from uh, Flix Watcher, which inexplicably the desk sort of committed Harry Carry uh, just as we started recording. And uh, we tried to get around it. I, I taped my phone to the speaker while we were recording, but uh, to no avail until about 10 minutes in when I worked out a workaround. So uh, the first part of it is unfortunately missing, and for that I deeply apologise. But what is left is still a great deal of fun, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, sorry again, bye. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes, and thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. There's a scene in it, again, this is an actory thing, but there's a scene in 
uh, and I'm pretty sure it's the the first movie where um, Christopher Lloyd. That is Christopher Lloyd. That's yeah. not the chef, is it? No. And Christopher Lloyd uh, is. Who's the chef? The famous. Oh, I'm going to put more wine in the in Floyd, the casserole. Floyd. 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 That's Christopher yeah. Floyd. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, is he? Um, okay, yeah. So Christopher Lloyd um, has this one scene in it where, and you can go back and rewatch it, where if, if a camera, rule number one of acting, don't look down the lens because you're supposed to pretend it's not there. Uh, and so there's this one scene where Christopher Lloyd say Marty is here and the camera is here. And he goes, Marty, quick! And he just looks down the barrel and then moves his eyes to where Michael <laughs> J. Fox is. And again, because he's so grounded in the character and convinced, you go with it and you follow along with it. And that is, to be able to get away with that as an actor is just such a testament to his mm. charisma and talent. To be able to look down and go, oops! I started to break the floor, like a pre-fleabag, fleabag really in many ways. But, um, any fans there, no? Um, <laughs> but it, I, I love that scene. The two of them together as a double act yeah. is, is gorgeous when they're in their garage and working it out. And I, I kind of love them. And I think, that's why, I think that's why they felt they needed to change Eric Stoltz because they needed that, that yeah, banter between chemistry. him and Doc and also him and George McFly needed, was a spark for the film and, and yeah. drives everything forward. And if Eric Stoltz was being, was being too serious as he was, then it just doesn't, it would not have been the same film. It might have been a cool and interesting film, but I'm sure yeah. it wouldn't be one of my top five rewatched films like ever. Well, because the comedy is so important yeah. in it. The comedy helps you kind of jump a lot of the story stuff as well and, and just makes it so enjoyable. Yeah. And you, Kobe? Favourite scenes? My favourite scenes, I loved the... I just loved it when he was like riding a skateboard and he's getting chased out of the diner for, um, after punching Biff. So here's this guy who's like super short punching Biff, like standing up to bullies for me was like, was a huge thing as a kid. Yeah. And, um, and then running away from him with a skateboard and then they end up in the manure. And that, I love that bit. <laughs> and it comes I back in every film after that. And I think it's just such a, a fantastic, um, energetic scene. And you can see just Marty's, Marty's personality in that so clearly. Um, for you yeah. as a young boy, was that a big thing when you saw, oh, finally, the bully got, like, yeah, the bully uh, got totally. done in, in some way? Totally. He was like you in some way. And then also there's the him playing uh, Johnny Be Good on the guitar yeah. before it goes, like, cringy. Yes. Before he, before he can't, um, before all the 1950s guys don't understand what he's playing. But before that, he's playing Johnny Be Good very, very, very well. Did Michael J. Fox know how to play the guitar, or is that he had CGI to? Yeah, him? he actually learned how to play it. So that's <gasps> another thing. Like he was, wow. he was learning that at the same time as working on All in My Family in Canada and doing all that stuff. So he's he's a brilliant Worked guy. Worked very hard on that yeah. film. Mm. Uh, should we shout out to the audience? Ask anyone out here what their favourite scenes were in the film. Mayor Goldie Wilson. Wait, wait, who's talking? Oh, yes, behind the speaker. You have the most beautiful low. I mean, I'm sure you get this yeah. all the time. It the most beautiful far, didn't it? I felt that from my boot to my van, there, <laughs> sir. I'll be honest. Feel free to ask a question again. <laughs> <laughs> Should we connect you two guys afterwards? Yes, please. <laughs> um, uh, what's the mayor? The mayor bit. What's that? So. Yes. yes it's it's a great bit because um marty obviously kind of inspires him he says to you know you could be mayor and yeah. he's like yeah i'm gonna be mayor and he ends up going to night school and becomes the mayor yeah which is amazing isn't it lovely when you watch something like even if you go back and reread re the harry potter books and you're not taking it in broadly at first and you go back and you see all the little details yeah. and all the little clues i think in our brains we all love solving things going oh that was that and that connected up that way into the future yeah I think when you watch films as a kid, you don't really pick up those details anyway. Mm. You just kind of think, ooh, 
That's cool. Slime yeah. on the bully. Yeah, slime on the bully, hitting the bully, uh, going back into the future. That's a time machine. That's a cool car, but you don't really pick up the nuances. Yeah. Though. And that's what really kind of pays the dividends with the rewatching. Yeah. And how, I suppose, if you're to look at a movie philosophically, that, that point, how just that one person, a young lady, oh, there you are, came up to me earlier on and she was talking about her history teacher. <laughs> and her history teacher comes in every day and is like, fight the patriarchy, let's go, which I love as an idea. But you know when some people have like that core teacher or that core person that says something to them and you're like, oh, that. And that's almost like an example of that in the movie, like someone who can change your life with just the right words or the wrong words yeah. at the right time. Absolutely. Uh, anyone else got a favourite scene? In one? Oh, we've got man in the check shirt. The, the bit in the car park with the terrorists and chasing their uh, material. Yes, right at the start. This, well, this is this is what kicks off the going back into the future, into the past. What's that? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. the uh, Libyans, uh, Doc yeah. has stolen some plutonium from them. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a good thing, like, You're it's, it's a nice cats. break from Russia. I'm still thinking about cats. I, I can't get over it. I'm very triggered by it. Did anyone see the cats? Are you all right? It's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. Just everyone being cats. Um, but yes, that there's that element of terrorism at the start of the show. I often think Russians get, um, I mean, I'm not just saying this because we're all probably being recorded by them, but I often think <laughs> Russians get a really bad rap. They're always the terrorists, aren't they? Never the bride. They're all in every movie. It's always the Russians. So I suppose it's a nice break. Yeah, it's the Libyans. At the start of this. <laughs> it's the Libyans here. Are you talking about the bit at the start or at the end where Doc actually comes back and where he comes back at the end and he pulls out the letter? Yeah. Which he manages to save all of the pieces. I think that's fine. I mean, he's just built a time machine. <laughs> but also good at admin. <laughs> but it was there was a storm. Yeah. And they didn't get wet. I think they did do. Ah, maybe they came inside to a tent and listened to a podcast <laughs> to keep it dry. <laughs> Try not to overthink this film. <laughs> but I remember when I was when I first saw it as a kid, and I was like, "No, Doc's dead." And when he first his eyes blink and the uh, yeah. Alan Silvestri score goes. Dun, dun, dun. Those moments, those moments, those moments. Well, <laughs> uh, when you're script writing, those moments are really important. And when you're being brought on a ghost tour, genuinely for uh, for people who ever brought on ghost tours, at the ghost end. Ghost tours? Ghost tours, yeah. You know, when you go on a ghost tour every Saturday, you know, on a ghost tour, guys. <laughs> um, no, but when you go on something that's quite a scary, heightened experience, it's really important to sort of break the tension in some way. Because if people are left with the idea that, say, for example, Doc's dead or something like that with no pressure release, Almost like you'd um, take the pressure out of a radiator, anyone who does their own DIY at home. Um, but that it's very important to be left feeling like everything's okay in some way yeah. as a thread for the end of a movie. Yeah. So even opening an eyes or those tiny little shots are can, can sometimes be a big part in script writing, what you're, what you're left with afterwards. Nice. Anyone else want to talk about? We've got a few people. Your man in the chair? Yes. So that's when Marty doesn't, he doesn't, Doc doesn't believe that he's from the future. So he says, who's the president? Ah, uh, yeah. Who was the president? Uh, Ronald Reagan, who was oh. in Doc's time was an actor. So that's why, <gasps> so Doc didn't believe it. Yeah. Oh, that's a lovely little thread as yeah. well, isn't it? A lovely bit of history. Say that now. You could do that with Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, would you want to do that with Donald Trump? <laughs> yeah, because he'd be like, he's a reality TV star. Yeah, what, the, the, uh, the um, presenter of The Apprentice is president. Good luck, mate. Back you go. Oh, you're hey, thinking hey. about the remake for the competition later yeah. on, aren't you? Oh, you can't creep that bit in nice. now. 
That's cheating. Nice. <laughs> The waiter says in the in the coffee that's, shop. That's yeah, that's Goldie, that's Mayor Goldie Wilson. That's what. Uh, ah, mother, so that's you're the, the next mayor as well. Yeah. For that one. yeah. Uh, so the lady Amazing. in the turquoise. Ah, oh my God. What's what's that bit? What's that? When bit? when Doc so when Doc saved, he then takes the time machine and goes to the future. Where we're going. Where we're yeah. going. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. that's it. Do you want? Do you want to say the immortal line? <laughs> do it! Do it! Where we're going, we won't need any roads. There won't be any roads. <laughs> Give a round of applause. <laughs> I love that. that. Why are we going to a field? What's happening? <laughs> Why won't we need any roads? <laughs> isn't that? That's just one of the best endings to any film yeah. ever, isn't it? Oh, best line. Oh my god. But what's this? Uh, think of the children. What? What's that one? Oh, it's your yeah. kids I'm worried about. Setting out for the same Ah, place. yes, because that sense, and again, a very clever marketing ploy mm. by, because he's, uh, he's sewing in plot the into the one. future. Like, have you heard that thing? Um, uh, Fleabag creator and star Phoebe Waller-Bridge is helping write the new James Bond movie. Nice. And there is this big hoo-ha about this actress who's going to come in and potentially be the new Bond. And, a woman? Um, a woman, a black woman, and yeah, and there's this is out in the back. This is not me saying anything out of turn, but we don't know yet. But at the, apparently, at the end of this movie, the new movie, a door opens and this woman comes in, and uh, whoever the person is, seven? No, not seven. <laughs> uh, uh, M, M, yeah, M, <laughs> exactly, and M, M, M. That's me, just me uh, uh, hesitating. M, but M. Uh, M says, ah, 007, you're back, or something like that, in a sort of Doctor Who fashion, uh, like the Doctor's back. Um, but th th those moments, they carry on a whole, they're very clever marketing. It's like you've spoken yeah. to Phoebe herself. Yes, I have. <laughs> I can't say, yeah. Are you in the new Bond? Uh, no, I'm not, despite oh. my, I mean, I'll be sort of maybe in the background waving, going, hiya, Hi. but no. Um, when at that point so when that when the film finished everyone thinks kind of like it was all set up for the next two films but Robert Zemeckis the director at that point didn't want to do Back to the Future 2 and 3 <gasps> so he just wanted to leave really? as a massive cliffhanger but then the studio kind of went well we're going to do one so if it's not you then did he do the else? subsequent ones he did do yes yeah. oh, wow. which would have been horrific if it wasn't him even though the third one I don't know that's why wearing my cowboy boots <laughs> nah, I don't know a lot of people don't like yeah. the second one Ooh. I love Controversial. Should we should we find out which of the has everyone okay has everyone seen all three Bats of the Futures? Yes. Okay. So let's see, let's do some whooping. Which is your favourite Bats of the Future? Is it Bats of the Future One? Yes. Bats of the Future Two? Woo! Oh. It's just you and uh, Rhodes, we don't need Rhodes at the front here. Um Bats of the Future Three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clear winner. Do you know what it is about two? I think we all have a natural, again, I go to psychic sometimes. We all have this like want to know what's gonna happen down the line. Yeah. And if someone in some way tells us or shows us, even if it's dark, I think we all have a natural like, what's gonna happen? You know that movie, Children of Men? Yes. You know the really scary one? It's, Alfonso um, Cuaron, Clive uh, Owen. Uh, yes, Clive Owen. Mm. And there's this bit where people stop having babies, very much like The Handmaid's Tale. And like, what would happen if? I think we all have those kind of like, if, if, if A led to B led to C, we're like, Bleh. 
it's a natural human curiosity. So that's why I love the second one, because it's like these huge buildings and things flying about. I'm like, wow, will I get to live that far to see that? Um, so what, what do you guys, from the future, from Back to the Future 2, what kind of things did you want to have or to exist by now? Because the future, oh. as presented in the film, is now past. So we should have yeah. had hoverboards, which I'm so disappointed. They are, there are hoverboards, aren't there? No, but they're the real ones that you see kids in the airports on. But aren't there ones that hover in the air? <laughs> Do they not? They have wheels. <laughs> God, maybe I'm just like too busy looking up at the sky. Yeah, there so was. So there was a to who, uh, Tony Hawk, as in the skateboarder Tony Hawk. But they invented one, but it was so big you couldn't manipulate things. Ah. I remember seeing that because it had to be like on a copper floor. Yeah. So it kind of worked if you like lived in I a city like full of copper. I feel like the ones they have now is like a really powerful Hoover. Yeah. Like it's just getting air kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah. Interesting. So what would you like from the future that isn't there? Oh, it's hoverboards. Hoverboards. Absolutely. Yeah. Why though? Because it's doesn't it seem like so much fun or so much danger at the same time? I think time? they'd still just take an Uber or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they Have didn't invent Ubers, did they? No, they didn't. Uh, I remember hearing about um, uh, who invented the iPhones, etc. Steve Jobs and Apple. Steve Jobs and Apple, exactly. I'm great with names today. Um, I remember him saying he'd invented this one thing which was like a, a, a notepad and he could he thought this is going to be the iPhone like he thought this was going to be the thing that took off but people didn't really like walking around with a sort of pen mm. an e-pen and a, and a notepad and he could have never predicted what part of an invention might actually capture human imagination and that we'd all want straight away and one of the big things like with Facebook is connection through our phones yeah. like some kind of connection to each other and that's what they sort of like invented you don't know what thing will take off and what won't because you're like, what do humans need? What will they become addicted to? That's what the scientists are trying to work out. So even though people didn't like two and three, you're still, I think it's still definitely one of my favorite trilogies overall. The Back to the Future trilogy is up there with like Toy Story, which was a trilogy until a couple of weeks ago. It still is a trilogy. You don't like Toy Story 4? They didn't need to make it. I think that's my- What is poster trilogy called? A fourfully? A tetralogy. A what is it? Quadrology. Oh, yeah, very good. I believe you. I don't know if you're lying or not. I enjoy your confidence. You like two, but not as much as one. But you've got to have your favourite. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, one of the things that makes it what it is is that it's just so popular from mm. when it came out to now. I mean, a testament that all of you here, because you love Back to the Future. Mm. Um, one of the things that uh, we talked about before was its ability to sort of meld comedy and action, which is quite a hard thing to do. And no one's really done it as well as this since. You know, it's really hard to match comedy with stakes that people care about. Mm. So it's why you don't see huge amounts of comedy that are plot driven. I was in a show about eight years ago with Sharon Horgan, who's my new show, and it was called Dead Boss. And it was all about like a whodunit. And it's really hard if you're trying to make jokes for people to actually care about whodunit or if there's someone creeping around a corner that you don't think it's going to be a gag or something funny. And genuinely to match action with comedy 
is really hard because in comedy everything has to service the joke or people laughing whereas in an action movie even and we all know the ones even if people are bad at acting we want to know like who are the villains how is this explosion going to take but whatever happens in in action movies but it's re it is a it is a huge thing to mush the two of them together successfully I think so what we do for the second part of our podcast is to score rate the film oh my god <laughs> can everyone else see him it's like of the comic book. Oh my goodness. He's from the future. You from the future? Is this your quirky latitude outfit? Firefly. Firefly 2. Firefly 2. It's my second space fit. It's your second space fit. Well, no need to be arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the middle of it, but we're about to launch like T minus 8 minutes. So I just want to say you know there'll be a little bit of noise. I'm sorry. Oh, you're about to launch what? Into space. In, you're about to launch yourself into space? Could you come back and tell us later if you manage to do it when the podcast's over? <laughs> oh no, listen, I'm I'm all about your your weird slow confidence. Um where are you where is he off? Where's he going? He's behind us there, this shed. He's kind of like an odd gardener. <laughs> Isn't he? I enjoy that. No one else found that as weird as me. <laughs> I don't know how, like you were just like, yeah, sorry, I'm trying to I <laughs> just sorry, really. So where were we? Yeah, maybe I judged him too much on his space suit. <laughs> Which came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so what we, want to, what we want to do is talk, we want to rate the film um, out of our unique scoring. We have a unique scoring system which is based off of watching films on Netflix. So we, we get guests on to talk about films on Netflix and we rate them based on that. Um, so what we'll do is talk you through the scores. Yes. Ask you to score out of five, then ask you guys to rate them out of five as well. And then we'll get a, a overall score and put it on our scoreboard later on, which you can then see on our website. What's currently at the top? At the top is When Harry Met Sally. Oh, mm. ah, oh I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get that reference. I hope not. <laughs> so, um, Harry Met Sally. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We have, with our scoring, we have recommendability. So this is how much on a scale of one to five you are likely to recommend this to Anyone. Anyone. Mm, I mean, it's a safe five from me, this one. Yes. And I assume that's going to be the same with everyone else as well. Oh, no, this isn't working. Hold on. I need to come out of here. I'll remember the numbers. I've already got five in my head, guys. <laughs> Do a lot of countdown. Going to slide this thing over. Ooh. Was that fancy? See, now you reacted to a laptop moving more than you reacted to a spaceman coming in saying he's about to launch himself into the sky. People Humans, are impressed man. by spreadsheets. Yeah. So you gave it five. So go. Five, you, please. You guys are latitude. You are collective latitude. We've got a system. We're going to start from one, and when you when it comes to the number you want to rate it as, you shout then. So the loudest shout gets the score. By the way, you can go to as many decimal places as you want to. This is this is a spreadsheet here. 
Oh, so, anyone, <laughs> anyone gives it a recommendability score of one? Two. Three. Four. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> five. It's clearly a five star film. Yeah, 4.679 says your man up there in the grey t shirt. Anyone else? Um, four, so, five. Um, Helen, what are your scores? So there is not anyone that you cannot recommend this film to, so I'm going to go for A5. Yes. Eric Stoltz, maybe. He'd be like... Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's probably not so fond of it. It's like, don't watch that film. It used to have me in it. Uh, I'm going to go for five. I don't normally give high scores for recommendability, but this is, this is actually my benchmark film that I rate wow. against recommendability for, so it has to be a five for me. Repeat viewing score. Do you want an explanation of that, guys? Please. Maximum's five, but I so No, the movie so that's my is benchmark. a benchmark, not the number is yes. a benchmark. So if, if you've listened to the podcast before... Interesting question about the terminology of benchmark. <laughs> Can a benchmark be the highest point? I said, but yes, it's because this film is which uh, the movie by which he uses to measure all other movies. Yes. And this is a five. So if he doesn't like something as much as Back to the Future, then it becomes below five because that's his benchmark. That's the cleverest I've ever been. And, and I the- need a nap. <laughs> I, think, I think I might need a nap. If Kobe had not put a five, this would have gone against everything he's ever said on the podcast before. Yes. Mm, mm. So it had to be a five. It had to be a five. Repeat viewing score. Um, how many? How repeat? How repeatable is watching this film? I think Out like like every for me like everyone says there's all these threads you see every time you rewatch it, which I love. I'd say though, uh, you know, once you've gotten the jokes and stuff, and especially with, uh, I would say four. Sure. On on repeat watching, like I wouldn't watch it. It's not like a, you know the way some people love Friends on a Sunday or something like that. Like you can zone out during it. I wouldn't. I I don't think I'd. Wouldn't be that high for you. Yeah, repeat it's, it's watching every like four friend. years. Friends is not my benchmark. <laughs> my friends are my benchmark. Ah, oh. oh, it's cute, it's cute, it's oh, cute. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, last you guys. We'll start from one again. Uh, repeat viewing score for Back to the Future. We'll start with one, two, three. Interesting. Four, five. Oh, I'd say that's a four. You say that's a four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. Give it a four. Helen. So I've seen it so many times, I, I don't actually oh, know yeah, how many times I've thing. seen it. Um, and one of the things about this film is it's got so many f- deeper stories about it and it does reward with repeat viewing. And because I've seen it so many times, I can only give it a five. Yes. Oh, yeah. How many times do you think you saw it in the end? Um, For anyone who just came in, she did Secret 20, Cinema, Back to the Future. Maybe? 25? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that it? I would have thought near. Or maybe 30 then if you yeah, had the other more. one. So yeah, maybe about 30 times. Wow, okay. Uh, I'm going to go for five as well. So we've got a few minutes left. So we're going to go through the scoring quite quickly because we want to get onto the competition side of things, guys, and give you some of the prizes. Um, so yeah, repeat viewing score. It's got to be five for me. I've watched it so many times and, and knew it inside out, really. Um, and it just does get better with, with age for me. So small screen score. So this one is how well we think it relates to being watched on your TV screen as Ah. a Netflix arena as opposed to maybe seeing it in the cinema. 
So you said you saw it in a big screen recently. Did I you, did. Was that so much better for you seeing it well, on the big screen? Well, also, it was made on film. Mm. Yes, I do say it like that. Um, <laughs> and it, I think it does translate for that reason. It was like supposed to be a blockbuster movie. Yeah. So I don't know if I'd necessarily want to see it in a small way. It's, it's called a small screen. Television's yeah. called a small screen for a reason. I think this is more... It's an amazing thing to put on a big screen or a projector or something like that. Sure. So I'd maybe say three. Oh, what a controversial figure I've become in the tent. No, it's fair. It's also, fair. is a tent on fire? <laughs> <laughs> it has got very smoky. It's oh, a it's space man. Space. Oh, space man. No one cares. Everyone's too busy looking at the great spreadsheet, which is a great spreadsheet. Okay, latitude, your guys. Turn uh, out of five, repeat viewing score, one. Sorry, not repeat, small screen score, one. Two. Three. Four. Five. Oh, that's a vocal five. That's a five. I think it's going for five. Helen. So small screen for me. I don't think it. Could, I don't think it's ever been screened on a bigger screen than the screen that uh, I saw it on at, at Secret Cinema. Cinema. Um, and seeing it on that massive screen with thousands of people um, all there loving Back to the Future was an incredible experience. And I think it's one of those films that does deserve to be watched on the big screen. Mm. However, if you haven't, it, and if you've those two people who've not seen it, it is on Netflix at the moment. Sure. Um, so you should definitely see it. So um, I'm gonna go for a three for that one. Vibes. <gasps> I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go for, I'm gonna go for 2.5 here. Oh, you really dropped I from am, yeah. your benchmark number there. <laughs> because I, I did super enjoy watching it on the big screen, and I think mm. it just kind of does pale in comparison a bit. It's Each worth waiting for or yeah, seeking out definitely. to watch. So when it's re-released in a few years' time, um, do go out and see it in the cinema. When places like the Prince Charles in London do reissues, they'll do like a Back to the Future trilogy, try and make it down there because it will, it will be worth your while. And like you said, it's shot on film, mm -hmm. um, which does mean it does stand up still. 2.5. Okay, engagement score. Helen, do you so want to... So this is how engaged you are when you're watching it. So if you're sitting there maybe checking your phone or you're thinking about what's for dinner and you're not fully engaged, then it'll be a low score. Like those two people. Zero for us. <laughs> yeah. Sars. Um, yeah, and Sars. Didn't talk about skateboarding enough, did we not? They're off to see the spaceman. <laughs> <laughs> taking our audience. So, uh, and then obviously if you're super engaged, it'd be higher. I'd say four for me. I think it's a really... You end up... I, I think the two performers... Christopher Lloyd and, and I was going to say Marty McFly and uh, uh, Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox um, are, they draw you in so much. They're incredible performances. So I would say four. So engagement score for you guys, a latitude. We'll start with a one. Two. Three. Four. Five. Woo! That's a five, isn't that's it? A, that's a solid five. Yeah. Helen. Uh, so, I, at this point in the podcast, I normally go on about how long the film is. I don't actually know how long it is. Is it one just hour? A, just 50? under two hours. So yeah, is it? Wow, Two-hour two film. It doesn't feel like a two-hour mm. film because it's so action-packed and funny and wonderful. And I think you kind of have to pay attention to this or you have no idea what's going on. And also, it has really nice little things that reward repeat viewing. Yeah. And mm. you can spot out for those, oh, that's a Spielberg thing, and that's from another film, etc. So it really does reward you for being engaged. So I'm going to give it a five. Woo! Yeah, I'm also going to go for five, of course. Um, just because I re repeat viewing score, and you see each time you watch it, you see more and more stuff into it. So that, that gives us, oh, no, not four. That gives us an overall score of 4.0. 
65. <laughs> that's pretty good. And that's pretty high. Our highest score, I think, it's when Harry Met Sally is 4.8 something. So wow. that does show it pales in comparison. But thank you guys so much for taking part as Collective Latitude, mm. our fourth member of, uh, of the... Are we not doing the competition? We are. I'm oh, just saying sorry, thank you. Oh. I love raffles and competitions so much <laughs> I hate to be cheated out of it. Just going to try and work out how to get to the next screen now on this. Now it's gone to the big mode. Well, when you do, then there's going to be a big ooh and ah from this audience. They're enthralled oh, by screens. <laughs> Whoa, oh. way. So what we normally do is reach out to the guys on Twitter and ask them for their opinions. Uh, in this case, this guy, uh, Best Pick Podcast, was saying, Pure Cinema Perfection and Al Silvestri's music is the gleaming icing on top of this mm. expertly constructed and mouth-watering cake. Five stars hardly seems adequate. IMDb Podcast... I mean, what else is that to say? Except it's one of the greatest films of all time. Five stars. So a lot of love from Twitter there. So we want you guys, we want a few, a few volunteers to give their short one sentence Twitter review and their score out of five. And Ashling B, Ashling, will yes. we'll, you'll, you'll award the prizes do? to the best ones. <gasps> yes. The best reviews. Yes, like a sort of um, odd game show host yes. assistant. Does anyone, do we have any volunteers? Who are going to, what, what do they have to do again? So they have to give a short review. Like you've just seen with the Twitter reviews, so keep them short. And we've got these badges and the posters. I'm going to nominate this lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up you get now. You have to... So give a, a very quick review of the movie. Oh, no. Instead, can I say who I want to play Marty and Doc? Yes. Do you want to do that one instead? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> um, I want um, um, Tom Holland to play Marty. <laughs> and... And uh, have you seen the new? Has everyone seen the new Spider-Man? Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good! Um, <laughs> and um, I want Christopher Lloyd to play Doc again. Okay. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd because he can still he do it. Back. And you know he got really freaked out by fame and never really did anything again. And only recently, when they were recently, when it was when they were coming out with the shoes, you know, all those years later, the shoes that Marty had in the future. That's right. He came out and did a pr promotional thing for right. I think it was Nike. Yeah. But up until that point, he hadn't really come out in the public eye because he couldn't handle the big change in his life and all the attention suddenly. Which must be odd because now, like I know I'm on telly a lot, and you can be seen for something and lots of people can know you and then no one else can know you. So it's a rarity anything any, anymore for everybody to sort of um, to know you in the world. And the level of fame he has and people had at that time won't ever be matched again. No. So he was just so Can't phenomenally so fit. Yeah, 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 which is nuts. Um, yeah. Do you have any, any volunteers for any of the questions, actually? Either recasting or for their one... Lady in there. Jeff Goldblum play the dark. Nice. Who would play Marty? Will Poulter. Will Poulter. Very good. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good call. Is he now at this stage a bit old though? He would have been like mid twenties playing. But Tom Holland, he's like twentyish now playing a sixteen-year-old. I want this guy to play uh, him. <laughs> <laughs> you play. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's, my god, and he's got light, look, show his boots. He's got little kind of almost like um, like lights in the boots the already. Boots. I mean, he's casting for the boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you play Doc. Okay, well, we're going to have to get back to your agent about that, to be honest, but he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. <gasps> oh, that's so this film is so good he felt his parental responsibility to pass it on to his kids and that is a yes. great review round of applause guys 
And how many stars is that then? Five stars. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Where we've got the lady in the turquoise. Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright to play the dark. Fantastic. Oh, for Marty McFly. Yes. yes. Why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Love Letitia Wright. Do you think she Martina might be too, um, not a, I use this word, nerdy enough? Like, would I think, do you know what I mean? That would be my only thing. At first I was like, the doc, yes. I can imagine her sort of coming up with crazy ideas. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And who for the doc then? Richard Iwadi. Richard Iwadi, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Richard would yes. have such disdain for doing it. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I, I want to stay in the present as it is. <laughs> Bob Zemeckis does listen to this podcast. I'm sure he's taking it on board. For the he, knows, he, he knows. He definitely would say that. You going man in the stripy shirt? Taron Edgerton would be amazing. Yes. Yeah. I know what you mean about the doc, the doc being, it's such an iconic part that I do think you almost have to be a bit of an icon in your own weird way. And that's why I love the Jeff Goldblum uh, idea as a casting, because he's so... Johnny Depp. I would probably wouldn't go watch uh, it, though. No. Uh, he no. doesn't need any more work now. Uh, he needs <laughs> more work on himself, Johnny, stop making films. You got your, your friend from before there? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. What do you think? To marry sci-fi action and comedy, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is your review. Yes. Yes. Can so you, she was saying to marry that? all of those different genres at once, like we were saying earlier, is such an amazing thing to do, and no movie has done that to marry sci-fi, comedy, action, all these different things, um, and a rom-com, a bit of a rom-com rom in a way, yeah. um, and a bromance. <laughs> um, to marry all those things, no film has done it since, and so that's like an amazing testament to it. Yes. Would that be five stars? Five stars. Mm. So we've got two more from your man there with the, with the dark top and in the t-shirt behind. She totally reinvented, wouldn't she? I love these guys thinking outside of just two kind of straight yeah, white yeah, men. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, 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 it's great. Fantastic. Just the doc? That's all you got? Yeah. <gasps> Lovely. So, so Letitia Wright. Wright. Letitia Wright and Tilda Swinton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. I'd watch that. Do you know what's interesting? That. It's yeah. about, like, say that actress on her own. I was like, mm, I, do, I like, is she very cool? And then to match the two of them together, what's so unique about this, to get chemistry, like with Harry Met Sally, to get those two actors together, it's it's such a spark. It's, it's like kind of falling in love when you just bounce off someone, especially comedically. And so it is like putting two people together rather than one person on their own and casting around Oscars, them. It's the Oscars pair. Off. Oh, he's off. He's got another audition down the road, actually, <laughs> uh, for a remake. Um, Spots so. the future in the bag. I'm just going to get another <laughs> film in. And you want it in the white T-shirt? Yeah. Um, Donald Glover, but like 10 years ago for Donald Glover, 10 Donald years Glover, ago. but 10 years ago. So, so when you need someone to go back to get him yeah. and to bring him back. But how? <laughs> Flux capacitor, 1.21 gigawatts. <gasps> Such great maths. Nick Cage. Nick Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Do you know what? Yes. Here's an interesting fact about Nicolas Cage, if you're a film buff. So when you're a lead in a movie, if it flops, you then, for your next project, become an insurance risk. 
just like filming in a very uh, fiery area or filming in Antarctica. So his, the movies he's done afterwards have been because one or two movies flopped and then he wasn't really an insurable talent to add to movies after that. And I think he's gone so full circle now to be so niche and so kind of beloved in many ways for like a lot of the older movies he's done. That is a great, that is another great... Uh, someone, again, like Jeff, Jeff Go, like someone odd in their own way. Absolutely. Yeah. So who, who, do you, who wins the five prizes? We've got three pin badges. Oh, it's me! It's all down to you. Do you know what? Just because I, I wasn't convinced at first, but then when we put the two of them together, so you're going to have to share the prize. So Letitia Wright and... Yeah, and Tilda Swinton. Swinton. Yeah. I love that as an idea, because again, there are ones who are like, oh yeah, that seems to have the energy of the one before. Or Jeff Goldblum, that seems to have the energy of the one before. But what is a great thing is, what about a surprise? And I don't mean like a Cats uh, trailer surprise. We don't want that. Um, but what, what about something that surprises and we don't know what we're going to get? Mm. So it's not just the same thing over and over again. Why are we repeat watching when we could get a unique, cool dynamic that would happen again? So yeah, I, that's, that for me is... So that's a pairing. ...between the two. You guys can share some badges. Yeah. Oh, badges! <laughs> you seem like a crowd who likes badges. Who else? We've got, we got four more prizes. We've oh, got four more prizes? Yeah, oh, lads. I thought there was only one. Um, sure, I think there was only four people replied. <laughs> um, my oh. lovely friend here, I really liked your synopsis. I thought it was well thought out and short, but very wordy, which was enjoyable. So you get, uh, you get a prize there as well. Sure, we'll come back and you can choose a prize afterwards. Oh. Um, I think the ma your man who was so oh. in love with it. Uh, I think your young daughter wins a prize for being here and enjoying it. I kind of like your backpack and your puff as well. I feel it's very Marty McFly. Do you want to stand up and show everyone there? You're looking at it. Isn't this kind of like yeah. a, a mini McFly? I'm loving it. So I love that. So you're getting a prize just for the outfit. <laughs> so how many were there? Oh, and then of course, we need our lady who stepped up confidently to the microphone first when no one else would. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need roads. So she's getting, she's getting one as well. And one more. Oh, one more. God, is that not four? Well, well, we'll just keep. You can have one. one. You can have one. Two, three, four, five. Yeah, five. There you go. Is that not? I can't count. I've got a spreadsheet. That's why I need a spreadsheet because oh, I can't right. count. <laughs> well, that's it, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ashton. Sir, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. I really enjoyed. It. I love the passion for a movie. You know, it's very fun. I'm going to look out for this way up, which oh, comes out in a few weeks' time on Channel Four. Please watch my show. It's out on Channel Four in a few weeks at 10 p.m. It's called This Way Up. Uh, it's got so many great people in it, and I hope you really so watch it. So 10 p.m., so does that mean they'll be swearing? Uh, there will be fucking swearing. Sorry. <laughs> um, I to learn sometime. Um, and it'll all drop at once uh, and then come out episodically every week, but you can binge the whole thing that Fantastic. night if you're, if you're not bored of me by now. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Yay. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K-Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you mm -hmm.